0: peace be unto you all.
1: I thank God for another day. Thank Him for all that He has done. Thank Him for giving us an opportunity to be here last night and today. You know, the Bible says, when I called, you didn't answer. But sometimes, and a lot of times, it says, when I called, you did answer. Yes. And when He gave us the opportunity to be here last night, we all got what we came for. We got I got more than I came for. Because when you are obedient and he calls you and he gives you that window of opportunity to be somewhere and you take that opportunity, he's not going to tell you to go to a place that he's not going to be. He's only going to tell you to go somewhere where he will be. And so when you have the opportunity and you listen and you be obedient, sometimes it's not the, the most convenient thing to do sometimes we feel like we have better things to do or different obligations to do sometimes if you just put things aside and just do what jesus asks you to do you will get way more than you ever could bargain for because he knows what he's doing and he knows where he wants you to be he knows where every blessing is you can go to all kinds of places but only one has your blessing in it and that's where god leads you to go and to get your blessing. Ruth, when she came out of her own country, she wasn't even a child of Israel. She was actually a sinner that married into the family of God. But when she stuck with her mother-in-law, she was able to be in a place where she got all her blessings. She was at the right field at the right time to get everything that God had in store for her. Only follow what God tells you to do and you won't be ashamed you won't go missing anything. Today we're gonna talk about the mind of Christ and how our mind is supposed to be like the mind of Christ. We're gonna be covering Romans 8, 5 through 8, 1 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6, 2 Corinthians 8, 12, Proverbs 6, 3, Luke 15, 11, 24, I'll read Luke, and then Hebrews 12, 2, Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Let us rise. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for being with us. Thank you because you never leave us and never forsake us. Thank you, my Father, because you said, whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life. My God, you give it to us freely. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to earn it. You just give it to us freely. Lord, we are gathered here today to drink of the water of life and to eat of the bread of life. My God, feed us and fill us till we are full, until we are satisfied. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So when we have the mind of Christ, there's a couple scriptures that will show us what having the mind of Christ will be like. Because sometimes we have these thoughts, these bad thoughts that go through our head, these negative thoughts that go through our head. When God tells us to do something, we got the enemy telling us not to do it. When he tells us to go in this direction, we got the enemy trying to contradict what he is saying. And it causes us to wonder sometimes, is this God or is this not God? Am I supposed to or am I not supposed to? And God said, I am not the author of confusion. But what the confusion comes from is our own mind fighting our own selves. The Bible says that the flesh wars against the spirit and will not be subject because it can't be. So the only way for us to contain our thoughts and to put them under subjection is a couple of ways that as written that I will show you today how to control our thoughts. We're going to Romans 8, five through eight.
2: For they that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death But to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God.
1: So enmity means to fight against or be an adversary or to push against. So when God tells you to do something, the flesh right away gets in and says the reasons you shouldn't. Instead of giving us the reasons we should do it, it'll give us all the reasons why we shouldn't. When we're driving and we're going to go to church and while the weather's not good, you know you can slip and slide. You got children in the car. If you crash, they're going to be cold and you can't keep them warm. And he can give you a list that goes on and on and on of why you should not obey what god told you to do but when you begin to walk in the spirit more and more and more the flesh gets has to be put under subjection and you don't listen to the flesh as much when the devil comes in and tries to say something you know that's not right jesus told me to do this i'm doing it anyway because if he tells you to go somewhere he tells you to do something he already made a way The road is already paved for you to get there. It might look dangerous, it might look scary, but it's already made ready for you to make it. He's not gonna tell you to do something that you can't do. He's not gonna tell you to go someplace that you can't go. He's only gonna tell you what he already made possible for us to do. So when we live in the flesh and we have the cares of this world, it's hard to walk in the spirit. But when our affections are set on things above, and not on things of the earth. When God says move, we can move because our flesh is not all tied up in the world. It's all our affections are on God. Lord, what do I do for you? Now, sometimes it is very hard to control those thoughts it is really hard you'll go to sleep and have an ugly dream and you'll wake up where did that come from I wasn't even thinking of anything like that you'll be at the store and you'll just thoughts go through your head and you're like where did those come from you know I wasn't even thinking like that I was actually rejoicing you know and but that's what the devil will do he will try to throw them in there because a thought is just a thought But when you dwell on a thought, it goes into your heart. And when it goes into your heart, it starts becoming an imagination. And when the imagination is ready, you start doing your imagination. How many times have you thought about something and then you're like, no, I don't want to do that. And you don't go for it no more. But when you think about something and then you begin to imagine it, this could probably work. And then you start acting on what you imagined. So the Bible says to bring down those imaginations that exalt themselves against God. Don't let that thought be in your mind too long because it will start to form an imagination. And when that imagination is created, you start doing, you start acting on it. When Cain, or not Cain, it was Jacob and Esau, when Esau sold his birthright, He sold it. He didn't get it robbed. Nobody took it. He sold it. But when he saw what the consequences of selling his birthright were, he began to say he stole it. And when those thoughts that Jacob is mean, he stole what I had, the imagination of killing him began so strong until he comforted himself, saying, I will kill him after my father dies. He took comfort in the imagination of killing his brother, of how bad that thought grew for something he did. Don't let those thoughts that are not right sit in your mind too long because once they sink into your heart, they begin to put imaginations to them and you begin to act on them. But when your thoughts are on God, You begin to imagine what God wants you to do. And then you begin to start acting on what God wants you to do. And then your ways are pleasing in the sight of God. We're going to 1 Corinthians 10, 6-4.
3: And did all the drink he same spirit, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that the rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent. We should not lust after evil things as they also lusted
1: see they were so caught up in their fleshy desire they wanted their flesh satisfied so much until when they were drinking of the spiritual rock they didn't even take into consideration that god let water come out of a rock that water wasn't coming out of before they were not taking into considerations the miracles that God was doing. Now, back then, the Bible says that God didn't let them see for a reason. And the reason he didn't let the children of Israel see too much is because they would have never crucified Jesus. So he had to keep them blind, but today we don't have that. Today, God doesn't keep us blind. So let us pay attention to the miracles, whether they seem big or small, that God does in our lives, that we don't get so caught up in the flesh to when God works a miracle in our lives, we don't even acknowledge it. And we still want something else, and he's done big things for us, and we're not paying attention to it. Let us not have that mentality, but let us go and do what we're supposed to do. And know every time that God tells us to do something, just do it. Our mind
3: has to be ready to obey God. We're going to 2 Corinthians 8, 12. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath. And not according to that he hath not so if
1: you first have a willing mind first you say lord i want to please you you first have a willing mind that wants to serve the lord when your mind is willing and it was in a lot of you guys already you first had a willing mind i want to serve the lord i want to be saved i want to get to know who god was when that first willing mind started it sunk into your heart and you began to imagine being a child of God and when that imagination was full grown and it brought forth fruit it ended with you guys being baptized it ended with all of us being baptized into the burial of Jesus Christ to become born again that's how powerful a single thought can be that's why we need to make sure that whatever comes in we can discern is this from Jesus or is this thought not from Jesus because if it sits too long it begins to grow it be- begins to bring forth fruits that either are good or bad so and no matter what thought goes in make sure that you think before you act they always used to say think before you act taste your words before you spit them out make sure that this thought is a good thought instead of a bat if it's a bad, we need to bring it down pull it down get rid of it and how Can we make sure that our thoughts are thoughts about God? The Bible tells us how. Commit thy ways unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. So when you commit your ways to the Lord, then your thoughts will be established. And what that looks like is when you do what you're supposed to do, your thoughts begin to be established. So when you commit your works unto the Lord, it says like For instance, when you pray, pray with all that you got. Don't be praying just to be seen a man. Pray with all that you have and believe when you pray. When you read, believe that God will interpret what he is saying to you when you read your Bible. When you go out to work, don't do it as unto man. Do it as unto the Lord. They might not pay you good. They might rip you off. They might not even give you what you agreed to have, but don't let that be an excuse for what you didn't pay me so i'm not going to do that good of a job still do it as unto the lord so we're going to proverbs 16.
2: commit thy works
3: unto the lord and thy thoughts shall be established
1: everything you do do it as unto the lord no matter where you're going if you're going to the store go to the store and what they used to say is take the Lord along with you when you're going to the store take Jesus with you no matter where you go do it as unto the Lord and when you start doing this your thoughts will begin to be established when the devil comes in you're already doing it for God so he can't get in that easy because you already have God on your mind when you do your schoolwork and you don't want to and it sounds like this is nonsense I don't need to do all of this do it anyway, do it happy, do it fast, do it obedient, because when you do that, then your thoughts will be established, it goes for all of us, when we do what we're supposed to do, our thoughts will be established, you don't have those bad dreams all the time, you won't be running around and be enticed of the world, because your mind will be on God, let God your works be done to God, and your thoughts will be established. When I, sometimes I used to go to work, and I would bid on a job, and then I'd find out that I I went a a little too low. So I'd begin to cut corners, because if I don't cut corners, then my profit margin drops. And I didn't want that. So then I would begin to cut corners, but that verse would always come to my mind. Do all things as unto the Lord. And I would look like, let us say it wasn't a frame, but let us say it was a frame, and I'm gonna skip a couple studs because if I save two by fours, then I can, you know, save a profit. Every time I was marking those that board, do it unto the Lord, mine 16 inches. <laughs> because. You have to do it as unto the Lord, whether you made a mistake or whether they make a mistake. Everything you do needs to be like you're doing it for God. And when you get in that habit, the devil can't come into your mind that much because your mind is already on God. And when your mind is already on God, there is what power in the name of Jesus. So when you have Jesus on your mind, he cannot get in there that easy. Because you already got Jesus on your mind. We're going to Luke, the 15th chapter, starting at the 11th verse. And it says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. Now, I picked this one because this shows a very good image of what a mind can cause you to do. And if you set your mind on God, you can do great things. Verse 12 says, and the younger of them said unto his father father give me the portion of goods that falleth to me and he divided to them his living now this prodigal son he had an imagination and a thought in his heart that if i get everything that i I, That belongs to me. I can go out and I can just have fun. But what he was not taking into consideration is that he only had so much. There was not more coming in. He only had what he had. So when it's all spent, you don't have nothing else. He didn't think that far. He only thought of the fun that he could have. And when that thought came into his heart and it created this imagination of this luxurious life he could live, he began to act on it. And when he acted on it, he told his father, give me what falls to me. He wasn't thinking of the long-term consequences. He was thinking of short-term pleasure. Don't let it be that we think of short-term pleasure today. Let us think of the eternity consequences of our actions today. Because just because it feels good to the flesh today does not mean it is of God. If we have short-term thoughts... We're only going to act short term. But if we think of an eternity, our t- actions will change. Because hell, you can't say, let me redo it. Prison, you have a certain sentence. If it's, if you don't do too bad with crime, you, you have a sentence. And you can get out. Jail, you can get out. You crash your car, you can get another one. You even get married and things don't work. And you get a divorce and you can marry again if you wish to or whatever. But the eternity is something you cannot do over. Once God calls you home, that is it for you. It's either heaven or hell. So let us not think about this earth because this earth is going to vanish but eternity is forever. Think about where you want to be when God calls you home. Verse 13 And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all There arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen excuse me, of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to eat and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell upon his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his head. And shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. When that man was eating from the pig's trough, he had a thought that came to his mind. And he said, You know what? My dad has servants that have more food than this. They're not even the master of the house, they work for my father, and they have more food than this. They eat and are satisfied and have leftovers. And I'm over here eating with the pigs. And when that thought sunk down in his heart, he had this imagination. But you know, his imagination was a different imagination. His imagination wasn't, I'm going to go back to my father's house and he has to accept me because I'm his son. That wasn't his imagination. His imagination was humbleness. And when he said, you know what, I'm not even worthy to be his son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He had in his imagination, I'm not going over there saying this is my put me back where I was, I'm going to say, look, I messed up. I really messed up. But can you have mercy? Sometimes when we walk away from God, we go back to God and we expect God to pick us up and put us back behind the pulpit. And God's like, that's not the right imagination. You need to come to me humble and let me put you where I see fit to put you. And when you come to God humble, his father didn't say, no, you can be a hired servant. You are absolutely right. You really messed up. No, he didn't say none of that. In the Bible, when we read that passage, it sounds like his father wasn't even listening. Because when he said, I am no longer worthy, he just said, hey, bring over the robe and put the ring on. If he was not even paying attention to his little cry of, I'm sorry, and I I didn't mean to, not I didn't mean to, but look, I really messed up. His father wasn't even paying that no attention. The same thing God does for us, whether we mess up or whether we don't mess up. But when our mind is set on God, Lord, I want to please you. I don't want to be full of pride. I want to humble down to you and just you use me oh my goodness he said the ones that are a base i will lift them up but the ones that come to me in pride he will humble you down let your mind be a mind of humility and honesty in the sight of god and let those thoughts to please god seek into your heart and imagine what god can accomplish in your life don't think too small because there is nothing too hard for god If you think this is impossible, know that with God it is possible. If you want to see miracles, imagine God doing miracles and begin to put your works to letting God do those in you. And He will do those miracles. You want to go preach the Word of God? Imagine God sending you out to preach the Word of God and begin to study the Bible. Begin to get sermons ready because when it is time and God sees He has lessons ready, He has Every day he's doing it like I'm sending him tomorrow. Before you know it. he'll send you. The Bible says that a man's gift will make room for himself. So when you say, Lord, I want to be an evangelist. Or I want to be a pastor. I want to preach your word. I want to bless people I want to be a blessing to people and you begin to search the scriptures he will make a way for you to do that but you got to let that mind be about God and he will help you do it we're going to Hebrews
3: 12 yeah. verse two. looking unto Jesus The author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of god see
1: when god sends his son the devil tried to kill him before he was born the devil tried to fight him throughout his whole entire life and when he went out to preach the devil really tried to stop him but the bible says that he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him he had this imagination that if i do this the joy of the whole world will be freed That all the world that believes on me can have that perfect joy. They can have peace. They can have freedom. Whatsoever they ask of God, he will do it in my name. He had that imagination, and he did not stop. Though they beat him beyond recognition, he didn't give up. He had an imagination. We need that same imagination. God, you can use me no matter what. And when we picture ourselves being used by God to preach the gospel, to lay hands on the sick, to interpret the dreams, to speak life into somebody, to lay hands on the sick and they recover, to lay hands on people and they receive the Holy Ghost, when we imagine this, we begin to work towards it. And when God sees our works, He will establish our thoughts and the things will happen. But if our works are not committed to God, Our thoughts won't be established. David, he had a thought. He said, I want to build the Lord a house. He looked at his house and his house was made of cedars. And he looked outside and he saw the the Ark of the Covenant in a tent. And it bothered him. It didn't sit right with David. How is my house better looking than God's house? and God is the one that created me and gave me everything that I have and yet his house is in a curtain and I'm sitting under cedar. It didn't sit right with David. It didn't. So he told Nathan the prophet, you know what, I'm living in the house of cedars and the Ark of the Covenant is in a curtain. And Nathan the prophet told him, do what is in your heart for God is with you. His thoughts were established He began to gather the tin and the iron and the brass and the silver and the gold. Even after God told him, you can't build me a house because of your bloody hands, but your son did. That didn't stop David from gathering because his thoughts were established and he gathered everything that his son needed to build that house. But the most touching thing about that story is that God honored his thoughts so much so God said, because you thought about doing this, I'm going to make you a sure throne. Somebody's going to sit on the throne of David forever. In fact, I'm going to let Jesus come in after you. And Jesus will take your throne. That's how much God honored the thought of what David wanted to do. You think God don't know our thoughts? He does. When you think, I really want to please God, it makes him so excited. He begins to make it possible for you to do that. But let those thoughts not just be a thought. Let it sink down into your heart and become an imagination and put the works to it. And your thoughts will be established. Everything you want to do for God, he will make a way for you to do it. We're going to Philippians 2, 1 through 11.
3: If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, that each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross Wherefore god also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father amen let that
1: mind that was in christ also be in you everything you do do it to the honor and the glory of god Jesus, he endured the cross. He suffered long and we can do the same thing. Let that mind that is in Christ also be in us. Let us set our affections on things above and not on things of the earth. It makes me excited because the same Jesus that is King of Kings and Lord of Lords prayed for you and I and said, Father, make them one even as we are one. If you let this thought sink into your heart that you're not just a nobody, you are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen priesthood people you are somebody that God loves if you put that into your mind let it sink down in your heart you will begin to act like a royal child we're not a part of this world we are in the world but we are not of this world we are of the family of God we are royal kings and priests unto God through Jesus Christ Let those thoughts sink down and begin to imagine that you are not just a nobody. You are somebody important. And when you think like that, you will begin to act like that. When the devil comes in with these thoughts, you know, I'm not that low. I am a royal child. I am way above those thoughts. And then we can begin to act because let me tell you something. We can either bow today and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord today or we can do it then but I would prefer to do it today because then when every knee shall bow, they're not gonna have a choice. People that say that there is not a God, they will be bowing to. People that say that they worship Satan, they will be bowing to. It says every knee. There's not a knee that's not going to bow down when they see Jesus come back. When that lightning goes across the sky and the sky opens up and you hear the sound of the trumpet and you see Jesus coming back on that white horse, if you're still here, every knee is going to bow it doesn't matter what religion, it doesn't matter what race, it doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, in prison or free, it does not matter. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So i rather do it today so that when that day comes, I can rise and meet him in the air if I'm still here. I won't be over there bowing because I have no other choice and now I'm scared. I want to be able to be changed from mortal to immortality in a twinkling of an eye if we are still here and be caught up together with him and everyone else that didn't believe, they will be bowing in fear. But we already took our bow that Jesus Christ is Lord. We already confessed that. We already believed that. So when he decides to call us home, we won't have to do it then out of fear. We can continue to do it and lay our crowns at his feet. Because he said if you win somebody's soul, you will get a soul in his crown. I want as many as I can get. I want to take more. <laughs> you know, you gave me these. You know, we can bow now or bow later. But if the thought goes in our mind to make sure we please God, and it turns into an imagination, it will bring forth fruit, And we will be able to serve God in our thoughts will be established and the devil can't have control over our minds anymore it's a bad thing back and then when i used to try to pray oh man he would flood my mind so bad with all kinds of things i'd find myself on my knees and i wasn't even praying no more i was so Dad. deep in thought of everything else i'd just get up i'd just quit this is pointless i would read my bible and probably make it through a verse and you could ask mark mark try to read the bible you about five minutes into the Bible, I was like, "Dude, I gotta go." Like, why? I can't even think. My mind was so bombarded, and he could feel it over the phone that I was nowhere in the conversation. I was on the phone, but my mind was not even there. And he would just hang up. I couldn't think. I was that bombarded. But after the Lord did something for me and changed all of that, I was able to read. And he said, oh, man, are you ready? Do you want to get off the phone? I said, no, I'm good. And he was like, man, God must be doing something in North Carolina because you'd never be on the phone talking about the Bible this long. (laughs) God can do it, but you have to let him. You have to let him. If he wants to get rid of something, don't try to hold on to it. If he wants to get rid of it, it's okay, you can have it. Let it go because he he knows what he's getting rid of. And if he wants to give you something, take it. Because it's not bad. It's only good. God only has good thoughts for us, not bad. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.
2: We're
1: going to open the altar. If anyone wants prayer, just come up.
0: With an open heart. To live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you, may he keep you, may he shine his face always upon you, and may he forever keep you.